Hello, and welcome to You Philosopher. So, I really wanted to just do kind of a quick episode, um, <clears throat> because this is an issue that I've already discussed, but I want to take it, uh, an opportunity to discuss it in, like, in a more specific way. And the thing that motivates me in part to do it is the fact that um, from where I am right now, <clears throat> the rise of Sky Skywalker is not out, but it's about to be out. And the reviews are in. And the major thing that I'm seeing so far is that the, um, that the film uh, is good. It's kind of, kind of got pluses and minuses and that um, it's basically kind of undone uh, kind of everything that happened in The Last Jedi. And for me, that's uh, really sad, right? So, and, and the critics are, are bothered by this because um, the, the Last Jedi was a critical success. Um, the critics thought it was really quite good. And that was part of the interest to me was the fact that we were getting these kind of mixed reviews. Like the critics are like, it's great, but fans are like, oh, we don't like it. Though I think interestingly enough, the, the feeling that fans don't like it was actually made worse by the fact that a lot of people who were going on, um, you know, going on sites to rate the film were basically like Russian bots and trolls or people who were just like repeatedly hitting negative reviews over and over and over and over and over again. But that doesn't change the fact that I have had the experience repeatedly of people telling me what a terrible film The Last Jedi is. <clears throat> and I want to focus on it, like, what tends to be the main reason in all reality? Like, what does it really come down to? And the main thing that I hear is uh, Ray. People just hating Ray, um, and that Ray's basically uh, a Mary Sue, and um, people couch it in all kinds of different ways, ranging from well, how did she lift those rocks to how was she able to fight Kylo Ren to um, <clears throat> to well, how was she was able to do this with so little training time? You know, we didn't see her training, so on and so forth. And so I want to put it in terms of this. I think we need to play fair, right? And whatever criticisms we're going to level, level at Ray have to be criticisms that we can, if applicable, level at someone else. And who's the most applicable person? In other words, who is in the similar hero's journey position? Of course, it's Luke, right? Who I'm going to argue in this video uh, is just far worse than Ray. And that if Ray's a Mary Sue, meaning... Um, that she just is kind of like magically given abilities and just, you know, uh, can do whatever she wants somehow without actually having to earn, earn it, that Luke is in many ways even worse than that. And so the number one, notice that Mary Sue is largely almost entirely reserved for women. Um, and it seems to be part and parcel of this complaint that a lot of men have that like, oh, well, there's these movies coming out where now women just have abilities and they're not having to earn it. And they're just putting women in the forefront of these films. It's something that's kind of thrown at Captain Marvel as well. Um, despite the fact that the vast majority of films, you know, action films are films where like men are doing miraculous things um, just kind of on their own without really having to, to earn it either. Um, but the, the focus that I want to have here is really just on this issue of like, well, who's better, right? Ray or Luke? And 
what's strange to me about having this argument at all is, is until these films, um, so many people were willing to complain about Luke. Uh, he's just unbearably whiny from the very beginning. Um, this lets up a bit by return, and I think there's a lot of argument that can be made. Well, you know, he's a kid. He's growing up. You know, you got whiny teenagers. Okay, for sure. But that doesn't make it a desirable trait. And his whininess is so, whininess is so apparent that it's literally one of the things that connects him to his father. Like, so people would see the prequels, which we're not going to really weigh in on here. People would see the prequels and be like, I can see the similarity between Luke and his father because, wow, Anakin whines so much too. They're both angry people, which is a key component uh, of, of Luke and part of why I'm going to argue he's um, inferior as a hero to Rey. Um, and don't argue with me about it, argue with Yoda about it, right? He senses much fear and much anger in Luke. And this is a quality that he gets in part from his father. So what are, what are the issues that are raised, right? Well, one of which is this problem of, well, Luke, you know, Luke has to earn his stuff and Rey is just by the end of The Last Jedi able to lift all of these rocks, and no one with her limited amount of training should be able to do that. Okay, so first of all, in her first film, um, she really doesn't have Jedi training, right? That isn't really the case. Okay, so there's an argument there that Luke has more training. Though notice that the entirety of Luke's training in his first film is probably a few hours on the Millennium Falcon with Obi-Wan, right? Which is, again, definitely more than, uh, than Ray gets, right? He gets like the basics on how the force works. But notice he's able to do a lot of stuff like fly in formation and dogfight in an X-Wing successfully um, with some minimal training with a lightsaber, apparently. Now, again, there's things that you can kind of, well, like he, he's, um, you know, he spent some time flying on Tatooine, right? He, he wants to be in, he's been wanting to be in the Imperial Navy, right? I think there's arguments that can be made there. But the fact is, the fact that he's able to do this so very well is really insulting to, like, everyone who actually, like, is in the military and has to, like, really work to be good at flying, except for the Force, right? That's the answer. That's the thing that makes him basically being the equivalent of, of whatever we want to mean by Mary Sue in that film kind of okay. Well, what makes him able to do this? He is guided by his feelings, right? So Obi-Wan tells him, you know, trust your feelings, and he does this, and this is what enables him to do, um, you know, things that a person shouldn't, with his limited experience, be able to do so very well. Like, take the shot that destroys the Death Star while under, you know, tremendous pressure, um, uh, from TIE fighters all around him. And the, the thing then that for Ray is, is we see something very similar. Um, so number one, let's just hit the rocks and the idea that she shouldn't be able to lift the rocks. That is honestly incorrect if we're going to trust Yoda, right? If we look at, um, if we look at Empire Strikes Back, there's a point in time when Yoda expects Luke, expects Luke to be able to raise an X-Wing, arguably at least as heavy as a bunch of rocks, out of a swamp. Now, um, 
how long was he training with Yoda at the point in time that he's expected to do this? We don't know for sure, right? I'm not going to say, well, just a couple of hours. I think that's unfair, despite the fact, you know, we only see a couple of clips in, in, the, in the film, right? It's supposed to be something of an extended time, but it's not a year. I'm thinking probably not six months. Um, this issue of how long does it take for them to get to Bespin with the hyperdrive down is an issue. Now, if we're traveling across parts of the galaxy, theoretically that, I mean, we could be talking should be a trip that takes millions of years. Like, like I don't I don't know for sure, but I've seen the argument like, okay, three months or something along those lines, um, or a week. Whichever this happens to be, um, Ray's amount of training time does seem to be significantly less with Luke, especially given that he spends a lot of time saying that he doesn't want to train her. Um, so, okay, so Luke has definitely some more solid, like kind of hardcore, uh, training time there on uh, Dagobah. That being said, Yoda expects him to be able to lift the X-Wing, and when Luke doesn't, when he fails miserably and pathetically at it, right, let's just level this charge at Luke, um, he can't do it, and he can't do it, and when Yoda replies to him about the fact that Luke can't do it, 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 it isn't like, oh, well, you just need more training to do that, right? Um, he argues his training isn't complete to face Vader, but it isn't, well, you haven't been training enough, don't worry about it, kid. Like, when you've had some more training, you should be able to lift the X-Wing. No. His ability to lift the X-Wing is entirely a matter of faith in himself, period, right? That is made really, really clear, right? Luke says, I can't believe it, um, and Yoda's reply is, this is why you fail. Um, he tells him, you know, the, of course, the famous line, do or do not, there is no try. Um, Luke's repeated kind of articulation that this, you know, this is just impossible, right? And Yoda really points out clearly that the problem here is not the size of the object. The size does not matter. We are told size doesn't matter. That should be the end of the rock problem, right? Whether it's whether it's a lightsaber or an X-wing or a bunch of rocks, size doesn't matter. It's not coming from me. It's coming from the universally beloved Yoda. Size isn't the problem, and I think Yoda be be the one that would be coming at us for complaining about her ability to lift rocks. Like, well, why is she able to lift all these rocks when Luke can barely pull a lightsaber out of the snow? That shouldn't be relevant. What is the thing that matters? Ray, unlike Luke, believes in herself, believes in the people around her, and believes that things can be done that seem impossible. So she she doesn't just try, she just simply decides to do. By the way, she doesn't always succeed. I've heard the excellent point made that if she's a Mary Sue, she fails pretty miserably at the end of The Last Jedi, where she's completely deceived by Snoke, right? She didn't catch the fact that he was actually the one connecting her and Kylo Ren in the first place, um, is only able to win in these battles because Kylo Ren saves her, right? And then gets knocked out. So what is it that's so much better about her abilities is kind of beyond me at that point, given the fact that she basically fails miserably and is just barely able to survive. But people hold her being able to move rocks, which is something that Yoda seems to think that someone with very little training, not 12 years, not six years, maybe three months worth of training, if we're being generous, can do. 
So in other words, it seems to me that she's able to do what she should be able to do with the level of training that she happens to have. Now there's, you know, series uh, of other complaints like, well, why is she able to beat Luke in, in, in that fight? You know, well, she isn't. Right? Luke is trying not to harm her. He's trying not to, he, he's literally just trying to keep her at bay. And he's got, you know, like a metal rod and she's got a lightsaber. And eventually, yeah, the lightsaber is going to cut through the, the, the metal rod. That's the deal. This is all that happens there. She's not better than Luke at it. And her ability in the first film uh, to beat Kylo Ren is literally just because I mean, aside from the fact that Kylo Ren has been shot, right, and has to fight a series of battles, um, he's trying not to kill her. <laughs> and she is trying to kill him, right, which radically changes the dynamic of the fight. So this idea that she's just kind of given these miraculous powers, which is just kind of the point of the force in the first place. The fact that all of a sudden people are complaining about, like, it's unfair, she hasn't had to be trained. This is just something that they're given to, given to women. The fact that it's the force, which is this miraculous magical power, which doesn't seem kind of equally applied to everyone in the first place, right? Um, radically being changed in some ways by like the Mandalorian. Well, I mean, I guess if like baby Yoda can pick up, you know, massive things like, okay, well, he's 50 years old, but he's also a baby. I don't know what's going on. Like, why are we trying to make something that really is just supposed to be a fun fantasy epic make sense? And then when we try it, like, I mean, of all the things that we let go, we let go things like, uh, why is Anakin willing to kill all of these children for virtually no reason whatsoever? Why does his turn from the dark side basically, to the dark side, basically take him from being like, you know, a fairly angry kid to a genocidal maniac who's willing to kill little children without a second thought about it. Okay, we go with that. Like, uh, Obi-Wan's age doesn't make sense if you consider from the prequels to a new, a new Hope. And then, you know, we come up with all of these different things that help us kind of explain it. Like, oh, well, Tatooine has two sons. This is why he just, like, looks even older than what his age would be. Like, but we generally just kind of allow it to be okay except when it's Rey. And then all of a sudden, despite it being one of the most critically acclaimed of these films, we go, well, that's just, you know, it's, and I'm just going to lay it out there. I'm going to, it, it's really hard to see this not smack of sexism. I mean, it seems a lot like the kind of stuff that we deal with, with um, Captain Marvel. Like, what's the real problem here? And I can't help but think, well, wow, we, we forgive all of this stuff when it's Luke. We forgive all of these, these issues when it's these other films. Or we forget these other issues as, as soon as a woman comes on the scene. Despite the fact that, like, okay, well, you know, Ray's been, been training and surviving and using the stick, like, the entirety of her life. Maybe that's why she's a little bit better with a lightsaber than Luke would have been at the beginning. Like... The tendency just to kind of go, oh, well, we're just giving it for free to women. She's just another Mary Sue. When we give that kind of allowance to people like Luke over and over again, and we have similar complaints when it comes to things like Captain Marvel, and I can't help but think, like, I mean, is this really just part and parcel of the fact that we get uncomfortable with just female protagonists who don't need men, right? You know, when a, when a film has female protagonists and it's a it's a love story and she's pining after a man, well, then we as men kind of get to go, oh, well, isn't that cute? I don't want to watch that chick flick. But when it's one of the films that we view as our domain, action films, and it's a woman, 
And it's not about her love interest, and it, it it's not about her, like, needing help from men. Yeah, I mean, Ray has support, she has her friends, so on and so forth, but it's not really about her love interest, it's not really about that. It's a very similar story to Luke's, where the other, the love interest is kind of around him, but not really about him, and it's really a story of growth. She's doing the same thing. We don't give her the same allowance that we give to Luke for all of the stuff that doesn't make sense. Sure, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense in a magical world, for sure. And I can't help but wonder, it's like, well, is this really just about the fact that we're uncomfortable with not being needed? And here's just the simple fact of the matter. We aren't, right? It's just a changing world, and that's just the deal, right? Um, whatever happens, like, with elections and the economy and so on and so forth, whatever directions we happen to go, the way our country is moving is, is we're not just going to kind of go back to, like, women just taking care of their men. That's just the deal, right? That's not to say that there aren't women and men and others who are going to like take care of their partners or their spouses or that, you know, the men or the women or the children in their lives, how and so this, not to say that there are not people who are willing to do that. But the simple fact of the, the matter is, is we've had and we have, and for a very long time for the course of human history, strong, powerful female heroes who do amazing things without us really being able to explain it and without really having men's help. And we just kind of have to deal with it. And we can either enjoy the story in the same way that we would enjoy this whiny, childish kid who suddenly is able to blow up Death Stars and becomes a war hero. And despite all impossible odds is, you know, able to, you know, defeat the evil emperor with his father's help, who suddenly changed from being a genocidal maniac to really kind of a caring guy. If we can allow all of that stuff for Luke, well, we can allow it for Ray. And that we can celebrate her awesomeness, not just because she's a female hero, which if we want to match reality, there should be more of in the media. Not to cater to women, but just because there's, if we're talking about like we want things to match the world at large, well, yeah, there's a lot of women out there doing really badass stuff. But also, just to celebrate someone being awesome and someone overcoming the odds in a different way, right? Luke has to overcome a series of different personal issues in terms of his lack of belief in himself. And that's not Ray's problem. Ray's problem, especially in The Last Jedi, is trying to get other people to believe in themselves, particularly Luke. <laughs> it's the same. He still has the same problem because he's 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 human, right? He's a person, and he still has the same struggle. And that's why Luke makes perfect sense across the films. He still has trouble believing in himself, and that's why when we see Yoda in the Last Jedi, he points out that Luke still is struggling with the same issue, which is true of all of us. That, that our personal stuff is, is the personal stuff that we have to overcome. And he has his issue, and she has her, her issues. And we get to see heroes struggle in different ways and get to celebrate their awesomeness. And here's an awesome idea. Get to be inspired by it. Look at those people, and if I find commonalities between myself and Luke, I can say, well, okay, cool. Maybe I, too, can step up. And if I find myself... Um, 
with similarities to Ray, whether because uh, I'm a woman or because I'm orphaned or because the people that I hope will teach me seem unwilling to do it, which by the way speaks to a problem that many women still experience today. Well, maybe if I find that similarity in myself, I can find a hero who inspires me too. So I guess the final thought I wanna leave it with is maybe this is all wrong. And including even the way I started this video. Maybe we shouldn't be trying to take away people's heroes. Maybe we shouldn't complain about why people can be heroic, especially when they're basically just being good people. I mean, maybe we should reserve the complaints about people being heroes when they're being cruel or, or evil or murderous. But when they're being kind and brave and dedicated and loyal and self-sacrificing, like both, you know, Luke and Ray are, maybe we don't need to criticize them and try and take that away from anybody. Maybe we can let people have their heroes and become better people for it. So with that, I hope you have a wonderful week.